This is the Hartford Online Radio Network. 21st Century Audio. Delivered. Elbowhorn.com. <laughs> Tuesday, folks. It's the Hartford Online Radio Network. It's on thehorn.com, and this is Open for Business, the show that features hands-on business owners, managers, principals, discussing everything and anything that has to do with running and operating a business here in the 21st century, and obviously, most especially, in the year 2012. Our sponsors are Gateway Financial Group, the accounting firm of Budwitz and Meyerjack, Sherpa Technologies, and CentralCTDental.com, the home, the home of Doctors Camp, Sambor, and Lupini. I'm Tommy Russo. This is Ken Cook. And our guest this evening, we've had a while trying to get you in here, Bob, but we're glad to have you, is Bob Metzler, who's the principal and the member of the business and finance department at the Hartford law firm Cohen, Birnbaum, and Shea. And Shea. Ah, I remembered. <laughs> Welcome, Bob. How are you? Thank you, Tom. I'm fine. Good. Uh, Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Before we really get to you, though, Ken's got a couple quotes that he would like to share. For those of you that know how the show unfolds, we always start off with a quote or two. Tommy, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. Thanks. Good. Yeah. Bob, welcome. Uh, I'm fine. Glad to be here. Good. I The quotes are, thanks to Tom, he found them, but <laughs> what I like about both of them is one one of them made me laugh, and two, the second one I'm going to use as a segue to the opening topic. The funny one. Only one thing is impossible for God to find any sense in any copyright law on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> and as Tom accurately pointed out, this was probably penned better part of a century plus a score ago by Mr. Mark Twain himself. And just recently quoted by Oracle in the Google case. Oh, really? Really. Oh, I there missed we that. Are. There you uh, go. Smart lawyers know where to find the good stuff. All right, and the segue quote, if you have 10,000 regulations, you destroy all respect for the law. Thanks to Mr. Winston Churchill for that. And the segue for me is one of the topics that I just am fascinated by that Bob is an expert on known as crowdfunding crowdfunding we're going to jump into this right away folks because it is probably one of the hottest things around when it comes to startup businesses ventures technology companies and ways to get financing put together for them Bob if you would what is crowdfunding crowdfunding is uh, a phenomenon that started 15 or so years ago. It's an internet-based uh, uh, phenomenon. Uh, it's an attempt to use the power and the numbers that can be generated uh, by the internet to raise funds inexpensively. As an example, the way it started uh, in real earnest uh, about a decade ago had to do with funding projects by artists, bands, movies, books, uh, a, uh, a portal, and that's, a, that's a, an entity that has a site that will host these kinds of endeavors for this purpose, uh, will put up what the project is and say, would you like to contribute to it? Uh, and if you do, uh, let's say it's a band that is going to start a uh, concert tour, but they don't have the funds, uh, a new band. Mm -hmm. We'll give you tickets to the concert. Uh, send us some money, and we'll give you tickets to the concert. 
send us some money, we'll give you a copy of our book or uh, you know, a, an autograph or something. What's happened over the past year or so is the internet entrepreneurial community said, why can't we use that to raise equity funds, investments in our businesses? Well, the, <coughs> the answer is the SEC, uh, the great watchdogs of protectors of investors. Hence the regulations. Ah, you're <laughs> so good, Ken. Uh, they said, no, 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 no. That's illegal. In order to raise equity, in order to solicit investments in a company, that company has to register the sale with the SEC. Okay, so you got a band that goes ten, 10 years of bands sitting there saying, I need $75,000 because we want to do a 20-city tour. They get up there on this portal, whether it's uh, Kickstarter or whomever else is out there. They get their seventy-five grand. They do their 20-city tour, maybe throw some tickets to the donation or the donors so they can go in and see it. And the SEC doesn't blink an eye for 10 years. Correct. And the difference is the expectation of a return. Someone who is uh. investing in something, like for his retirement, right. is looking for a return on that investment. You invest $100. You want to earn, hopefully, someday some dividends, but not always some dividends. But you're looking for some kind of appreciation in the value of that investment. You're not looking for a couple tickets. Uh, you're looking for money in return. Okay. That is a security under the securities laws. Okay. Anytime you invest money, and it doesn't have to be equity. It can be debt. Now, you can lend money to a corporation, and except for some exceptions that get you out of that, that becomes an investment as well. Now, it's bonds. When did crowdfunding evolve to equity investing? Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but there was a case several years ago where someone tried to do it, and the SEC came down on them like a ton of bricks. Okay. So uh, two years or so ago, uh, a number of members of the entrepreneurial community in the Internet, those who want to foster Internet investing, started lobbying Congress to get an exception hmm. from the regulations. <laughs> Good luck with that. Well, uh, they were very... Uh, ain't going to happen, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> it just ain't going to happen. Well, they were successful at first. Wow, that's because nobody knew they were doing it. <laughs> that's exactly right. They, they pulled the wool over the eyes of the House of Representatives in Washington, and they actually passed a bill uh, last December that pretty much gave them everything they wanted. Essentially, no disclosures on the part of the uh, uh, company, really. Uh, and you, and you mean December 11th? December 2011, okay. right. Wow. Uh, well, Pretty recent. Yeah. yeah. That annoyed some people. Who do you think it annoyed? The venture capitalists. Yes. And the uh, angel investor community, uh, who would typically buy what's known as a private placement. 
and not have to go through most of the uh, regulatory mm -hmm. uh, uh, falderall. And, and why? Because purchasers of small private placements who can be exempt are known as accredited investors. That's such... Well, he they're says that with such an <laughs> ominous tone. Well, they're smarter. <laughs> they're smarter than all the rest of us. Well, that's poppycock. They they're got more smarter. money than they all got, the rest of us. And to a certain extent, can I don't know that you can really fault that as a reason to be out of the uh, regulations. Uh, it's their if money. You, they if can you do can what afford, they want with and, and what the law says is, if you can afford to lose that investment. Yeah. Uh, then you don't need the kind of protections that the laws are generally. Okay. That now I think sense. that well that analysis breaks down because if you get to the crowdfunding uh, arena, I don't know that there's any investment that's too small. Uh, who's going to say how much you're going to have to put in? There are limits. If you're net worth or annual income is less than $100,000, you're allowed to crowdfund. You're allowed to make the investment, but you're limited to 2000 bucks per company. The assumption being you can lose 2% of what you make. That's right. That, that's okay. right. Can I ask a quick question on this? Sure. <clears throat> My understanding so far in things like Kickstarter and that Pebble watch was, yeah, we're not going to give you any equity. You know, we're we're trying to do something here. If you want to throw us, you know, a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks or whatever, great. They even had elements of ten thousand dollars or more, and we'll give you a product. But we're not here to offer this as an investment. We're here to say, hey, if you want to get in on the ground floor to help kickstart something, but it's not. But we're not giving you any ownership of this company. This is not an investment. This is more sort of just. A tip, a donation, hey, contribution. I, it's a contribution. Exactly. Here's the language. So you know, I I don't understand where the SEC gets off saying, well, you have to file because you know this is now a security and you're you can trade. They're they're not going public. Well, but they are. Ah. But they're not. How are they going public? If if the issuer, that is the company, wants to allow the investor actually to invest, they're actually going to get shares in the company. Uh -huh. But 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 that's not how all this all these places oh, work. That that's exactly right. And here's yeah. the, here's the difference. Most of the industries where this has successfully worked as a contribution are generating something that they can give these contributors. As a, uh, as a uh, token. A gift. A gift. Yeah. Right. A watch. <laughs> a watch. Well, I mean, here's another one. Spot.us is a platform for citizen journalism. So if you want to go out there, hey, look, I want to go cover this story. It's going to cost me plane fare, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when I get back, I'm going to write this big story about it. Uh, but I just, you know, I need help raising, you know, $2,500 so I can get all my expenses paid for. People go on to Spot US say, "Yeah, I like. I want that story. Here's money towards it. Here's fifty bucks towards it. Here's a hundred bucks towards it." Um, 
they're not getting anything other than the story is going to be eventually be published on the web. Right. Okay. They're not expecting a return. So the SEC doesn't care about that. Yeah. So and, you, but again, to build on what Brian's saying, you get a company like this Pebble Watch went through Kickstarter, and apparently it's a. Brian showed me the website. It's a programmable rectangular watch face. Maybe. Yeah, they call it an e-paper watch. It looks like a little iPod Nano kind of that you would wear on your wrist, wrist watch, and you can change the face. You can make it look like an analog watch. You can do uh, – it's got a, a motion sensor, so you can do like a pedometer and all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, it's it basically a, the it iPhone like a for cool your, little device. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, they it's wanted cool. $100,000 in order to get kickstart the program. Yeah. They now have ten million six hundred thousand plus, and they don't have to give any of it back. They can keep a hundred percent of it. Wow, What's I think the, that's great. I don't understand why the SEC, if the people who are giving the money to these two guys who started Pebble Watch, know that they're not getting stock, they're not getting equity. If they stayed up front, unequivocally, you were giving us a gift. This is a donation, contribution. Contribution. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> yeah. no, well, sorry. it's interesting. I had uh, somebody that you both know uh, who's been a guest on this show uh, talk to me two years ago about doing just that. Contribute towards technology. Maybe the next best thing. Or mm. <laughs> oh, I think great we know thing. who that yeah. is. Our rocket uh, man. Our rocket man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he has his own website. Uh, the next great thing. I can't remember yeah. what the name of it is. And he decided, because he had seen this phenomenon going on, I'll do the same thing. How about, I know lots of people out there who would love to say that they contributed towards whatever this next great thing came along. I'll bet people would love to contribute to me. Just sort of a blank check towards this product or this project. And knowing him, I can see that. And he Me and too. and yeah. he and I uh, talked at length about what are these people expecting for this, and if a person gives you a thousand dollars towards this project and you decide not to do the project, what are you going to do with those funds? And he he thought he saw the problem that he didn't want his followers out there to think that they'd been hoodwinked into giving them $1,000, then he terminates the project and keeps the money. He's, he put in his solicitation that he would donate that extra money to charity. That's honorable. Uh, and we also made sure that they didn't expect that this contribution towards technology was anyhow tax deductible. It's not a contribution uh, in that regard. It's not a tax deductible. Not charitable. It's not charitable. Okay. And That's cool. It's not otherwise deductible. It's just I feel good about helping along this technology. And as far as the SEC is concerned, and I'm, I, I ought to stop uh, blaming the SEC for this. Uh, it's what oh, the law says. All the fun out I know. <laughs> it's what the law says. How the so? law defines what an investment is, All right. what a security is, All right. and says that if you are selling a security, it must be registered. You mean if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it must be a duck? Well, what, right. Then what, what's the definition of a security then? 
it's good question, Brian. It's it gets back to what I said earlier about expecting return. If you make an investment in a company for ownership in the company, or for uh, it can it could be a bond, it could be debt as opposed to equity, expecting a return. Well, you, you might not get it; the company may fail, but expecting a return—that's a security. And that's been developed over 80 years of litigation. But what is that expectation drawn from? Is that because the issuer has? Yes. Okay, got yes. it. Yeah. And, 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 and again, to distinguish, a lot of companies won't have something to give the investor by way of a trinket or some kind of gift in return. Uh, so they recognize the, the companies are who are getting into this as an equity or as a security uh, are expecting to give up an ownership interest in the company for this. Hmm. And that's really the difference uh, that I see. And all of these portals that are now coming along who are hoping to jump onto the new Crowdfund Act exemption from the regulation. And that's what they did in this act. Uh, the law said, if you follow these steps, this security is exempt from registration. The Senate version of the law. E yes. Oh. But the Senate version uh, went a little further, or a lot further, than the House last uh, December. Uh, they said, well, there have got to be some disclosures. You've got to tell the um, – you've got to give financial statements. And I think this could kill it for a lot of investors or a lot of companies. Hmm. If you're looking for more than $100,000, you got to give them audited financial statements. When you or say more that, than $500,000. When you sorry. say audited financial statements. And who has from, audited financial is statements? Is that from one source or is that collective $500,000? When they hit that precipice of $500,000 from 75 investors or from a single investor? From 75. Okay, got the it. The amount of financing they are seeking. Got it. And they will have to say how much they're seeking as part of. Oh, okay. Uh, so once they declare, that will limit uh, what the nature of the disclosures that they're going to have to make. So I'm curious, is what's the doer's profile? We've got old enough people in this room to uh -oh. remember. <laughs> what's the doer's profile on the, con the contributor? That knows that all at best they're going to get a pair of tickets or an autographed copy of, you know, uh, you know, uh, Lassie come home, whatever the case may be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> all right. But what's what? Are, who are these individuals? I mean, and, and there's a word from my heritage. Suckers. That's, you know, <laughs> yeah. Gavone. <laughs> That's the Italian word for sucker. Gavone. Right. These are Gavones. I mean, what did they do? I mean, they online just, I've got $1,000 that's burning a hole in my pocket. And yeah, Brian, I like it. Onthehorn.com. That's why you want to know about this too. I know that. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Can you imagine? Hey, all I need is like, uh, you know, $50 million. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> I swear it'll be a great radio station. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> remember your prize show here huh okay mm. <laughs> and we'll put your name on a list that'll never be published <laughs> perfect is there a profile 
I don't know the answer to that, Ken. Uh, I think it's I think techie. It's, it's techies. techie ner nerds like me. Wow. Like you know, the the Pebble thing is going to sell for like twenty nine ninety nine. What did I do? Yeah, I'll give you two hundred fifty bucks. I don't know why, mm. but I think it's a neat thing, and I and I want it, and it's it's worthwhile enough for me to get out there and say, oh okay, yeah, here's here's a little money that I'm not doing anything productive with. So why don't you do something productive with it? And uh, and on the wow, and on the arts <laughs> side, it's the people who <laughs> like to see independent bands. Yeah, yeah. I get uh, the arts side of it. I don't, but. There's a passionate connection to something there. You like the music. You saw them live once. It works for you. I don't get the technology connection. Well, can't it be the same thing? Someone is doing a uh, a a drawing or a, a mural, and they need funding for this kind of thing because it's their art. Yeah. Well, this tech watch thing, that's a piece of art. It, it happens is. to have a lot right. of technology in there. I, I, I want to see that. I want to help them reach their dream. I think that's exciting. Okay. So, what again with the Senate version of the bill, what's the upper limit? 75000 Oh, no. Uh, the upper limit. Before is, you have to do the audited statements and all how, that. How much oh. can I put crowds? How much can I kickstart on the horn before I have to start piling paperwork? That's what we well, want to know. That's well, the question. Thank yeah. you. A hundred thousand uh, will get you. Uh, if you're looking only for a hundred thousand, you have to give them tax returns. But of course, if you're a new business and you're really new, you don't even have tax returns. Yeah. Uh, so you got to give some kind of financial statement because presumably you've got something in the business before you're starting doing this. Right. So right. it's a. It, 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 if you go from a hundred thousand to five hundred, you have to have a reviewed statement, reviewed by an independent accountant, not audited. Okay, got it. If you go over five hundred thousand, then you have to have an audited. And but statement. but I select the independent accountant. Right? Sure, that's that's always been like the real funny trick there. Like, yeah, <laughs> I got two great friends that work for different firms. You do my personal stuff. You do the business stuff, and you you do this audited business that's just mm -hmm. kind of silly but it ought to be the government saying now you know we're gonna you're gonna no, pay for I, this guy to come in and do this for us i think getting accountants involved is going to be a serious impediment All for right. this to happen for equity funding let me ask you a question is this an opportunity for entrepreneurs good question uh honestly it's it's I can't answer it right now because here's here's the problem. Congress gave the SEC nine months to issue regulations, <sighs> and those regulations will define really what's going to happen. The SEC, uh, if if you view them as wearing black hats, uh, the SEC could kill this by simply making the regulations too tough and too expensive to follow. On the other hand, if you are a an investor protection type of person, they're wearing white hats to kill it. Mm -hmm. uh, um, you do remember the quote, right? If you have 10,000 regulations, you destroy all respect for the law. All right. Yes. Here, here's my other question, though. Does the SEC actually, do, do they think they want this? Because... Just recently, the SEC has said, we're kicking this down the can. 
Uh, it used to be anyone with $25 million or $30 million of assets under management for an investment firm. Now, now you're under the SEC instead of the Department of Banking for your local state. Now the SEC is going to look at you. Now they've said, oh, forget it. We, we, don't have enough, we don't have enough people with this, all this Madoff stuff. Now it's $100,000. So folks out there with 80, 90, or, 9900, or $99 million uh, under management are now moving from SEC regulation to state regulation. So why does the SEC want to bother with this $10 million thing? From the the Pebble Watch or this five hundred or this two hundred thousand dollar thing, like why do they want to? They don't have enough manpower to do it all, do they? Well, I think that's right. So if they design regulations that'll kill it, then they don't have to regulate it. Oh, I see. All right, that that one I get. Interesting. Now this might be a silly question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do the portals make money? Being a portal? Yes, they can charge a fee to be the portal. Uh, and although the regulations don't ascribe any particular securities liability for the portals, my guess is there will be some when the regulations come out. Got it. They will if if the investment goes bad and some and here's the problem. The people who make the investments may say, ah, you know, I was a techie. I really wasn't looking for much of a return here. Uh, so I'm, you know, if the company goes bad and the, all the disclosures were bad, uh, who cares? That's not the game. The game will be the lawyers out there who are uh, looking for cases to put together a class action. We're going to pick up on this before we go. I know you want to share something, Ken. Yeah, I just, for everybody out there... Bob is a treasured asset tonight because he not only knows his crowdfunding, but he's one of the best attorneys out there for entrepreneurs. So when we get back, we're not only going to continue focusing on crowdfunding, but more specifically, what Bob can do to help you in that area, as well as any other aspect of running an entrepreneurial concern. That's a great point, Ken. And I, you know, it's funny because I was thinking a few moments ago as we were going back and forth on this, if we've got anyone in the chat room or wants to call in to explore some of the things that we're discussing this evening, please, folks, feel free to do that. Before we take break from Open for Business this evening, we're, I'm going to read a commercial from one of our sponsors. It's centralctdental.com. It's the home of Doctors Camp, Zambor, and Lupini there's a serious issue or you're just looking for a routine checkup there's nowhere else to go they're easy to get to they're on the plainville farmington line and all you have to do is call 860-747-5761 or you can make an appointment online at centralctdental.com want to remind you that we have bob metzler with us today this evening he's a principal and member of the business and finance department of the hartford law firm cohen birnbaum and shea we'll be back in a minute Budwitz & Meyerjack PC is a large Connecticut-based CPA firm with offices in Cheshire and Farmington, Connecticut. Large enough to handle engagements of enterprises with annual revenues in excess of $100 million, yet small enough to cater to smaller businesses and individual clients who expect personalized attention from partners and staff. Client service is the cornerstone of our practice. Our clients have a fixed fee for their audit and tax work. What this means to the client is we're approachable. Personal communication and client services make for strong relationships. Budwitz & Meyerjack, certified public accountants. And the Emmy goes to Stats 
Magoo. This is Mr. Magoo's first Emmy for an internet podcast. Recently, he came in second place in the Moodus County Fair Chili Cook-Off and in 1973 was awarded the Sportsmanship Honorable Mention for fifth grade badminton. Wow. I, this is, wow. I, what, a, what a shock. What a, I'm just so overwhelmed. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, got so many people to thank. I mean, no, wait, wait. I have to thank people. That was Stats uh, Magoo. Congratulations, Stats. Coming up next, Justin Bieber sings Smells Like Teen Spirit. We'll be right back. Sandit's Travel for business and leisure. We'll take you there. Sandit's Travel has been proudly serving Connecticut since 1960. That's over 50 years. And we're ready for another 50 years of superior service. Whether you prefer to come in, call in, or log on, we invite you to explore how efficient, diverse, and fun it is to book through Sandit's Travel. Save your money and your time with us. Sandit's Travel. We'll take you there. And on the horn, we guarantee 60 minutes every hour. Or your money back. Onthehorn.com. You know what that song reminds me of? No. These guys are old. No, it reminds me of the Ventures. Walk, don't run. It is. Oh, dan, dan. I thought you were talking about the it, one I was singing. <laughs> no, no, but it sounds a little no, bit like the it was a crowd-funded knockoff of the oh, Ventures. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get back to attorney Bob Metzler, there's one more commercial that we're going to read this evening from one of our trusted sponsors. And, and by the way, I think, I shouldn't say this, Brian, but I think it's your favorite sponsor. It's Deepwater Seafood Deep water. of Avon. And as we <laughs> all like to know, it's just for the halibut. <laughs> if you're looking for Farmington Valley's freshest seafood, you're going to find it at Deepwater Seafood. Deepwater. That's right. They will work with you in your schedule. Call ahead, 860-676-9657 or fax, same area code, 677-2281. Deep water, Deep water will set aside your order for pickup after work. Now, if you're wondering what their hours are, here you go. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Brian, I'm wondering why they're not open on Sundays. You need to talk to them about that. I Sunday, think so, too. It's, now, now that you can buy liquor here in the state of Connecticut on Sundays, you go get your fish, you go get your booze. I was just going to say, Sunday's a big seafood day, right, guys? It's a big Absolutely. seafood <laughs> <Okay>. booze day. <laughs> Here's what's on the menu. Sea scallops, fresh oysters, fish and chips, soup, fish, chowders. If you're having a party, it's paella for 12 and a salad. It's all you need. It's made with spicy chicken, sausage, scallops, shrimps, and just for the halibut, halibut. It's only one place in the Farmington Valley for the freshest of seafood, and that's deep water. Deep water. Seafood of Avon. I'm hungry tonight. They all sounded good. <laughs> yeah, one of these days we got they have to send like a whole fish and chips fish fry thing. Yeah, Dave here. actually uh, sometimes comes in with deep water. Never for Ken and I, though. I've no. Yeah, I've no. right. noticed that as <laughs> well, Tom. It's because <laughs> when you guys leave the studio, you go off and you have dinner. <laughs> when I leave, it's like midnight. You know? <laughs> so It's mutton. Yeah, but you're the one in charge of the schedule, so you have no one to blame. Well, that's changing quickly. So, right. Ken, you had a great idea before the show took its short break, and a new direction for this half hour or the remainder of the show. Well, I'd go with it. Where I, I'd love for Bob to help out, not only myself and you and Brian, but everybody out there listening. You, you said it very accurately, Bob. By December, we'll know because it's going to take the SEC about that long to figure out what this is going to look like. And you said it 
it's going to be a Christmas present. And my add to that was it's either a diamond ring or a lump of coal, depending on how they set it up. Assuming it is going to be a diamond ring to some extent. Might be a cubic zirconia, might be a small carotid diamond, but it'll be some present of a positive nature. What should entrepreneurs be thinking about? How could you help them get prepped six months in advance for something like this, or do you need that long? Well, uh, formation of your entity. I mean, if you're a real startup, okay, uh, you need to think about how you're going to handle or what happens if you get 2,500 shareholders? Ew. You, you run a small business, Ken. Uh, you got you, you raised a million dollars. I have two shareholders besides myself, and that's a big problem. <laughs> yeah, you raised a million dollars, but you raised it through crowdfunding, which means small investments by a lot of people. Okay. So you end up with 2,500. Hundred shareholders. Good God. How are you going to handle the administration of that? Uh, you're going to give them quarterly statements. You're going to give them annual statements. Well, you're going to have to give them annual statements. The law says that. Is this part of what the SEC is going to dictate? Well, the SEC is going to fill in the or put the meat on the bones of some very basic uh, structure of regulation that's in the in the statute. Okay. Uh, so any way you slice it, if you end up with 2,500 shareholders, state corporate law is going to force you to do, existing state corporate law is going to force you to do some amount of housekeeping mm-hmm. in order to account for that money. Now, that money, what percentage of the business does that money buy? You're going to have to set that price. So The capitalization table, basically. Uh, yes, you're going to have to come up with a cap table. Okay. Uh, so if you say a million dollars is going to buy you 2,500 shareholders, 30% of the company? You're an entrepreneur. You want to keep control of the company. I, I'd give uh, them 10 myself. but Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, then... You give them 10. What does that value the company at? Uh, if a million dollars, uh, are you saying your company's worth 10 million bucks? If you give me a million bucks to work with, it could That's be. what you'll sure. say, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and if the SEC doesn't make me prove it, it is. Those are things. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Well, yeah, why not? Well, why not? <laughs> Potential, be- yeah. Because, uh, because if it doesn't turn out that way, there's that... Uh, a uh, lawyer out there who's going to say he was scamming you. Uh, yeah, but I've seen so many private offering memorandums that have financial forecasts that are as big a guess as any other forecast that a business owner would ever put together. And that's a private placement right? memorandum. Right. That's not a public company seeking funds from the public. It's seeking funds from... You have that accredited accredited investors. Mm. See, that's the basic difference. This crowdfunding is a quasi-public company. Uh, It's not really a public company because now the statute says it's not. Uh, But from a state law perspective, you got 2,500 shareholders out there that you somehow have to take care of. This is a mess, Tommy. Oh, big time. 
So I, it's, it's hard to see where this is going to go. Uh, and, and okay, you have 2,500 shareholders and you've raised a million dollars and you think the company's worth 10 million, but you need another round. Are you gonna go back to crowdfunding for that? Because you've got another year and the next year, you've got, a, you've got another year of experience and you're gonna show in your new financial statements, your audited mm. financial statements, I didn't do very well. Uh, I lost money uh, and I never got to market with my product uh, or my whatever, my widgets or whatever you're doing in your business. Your pebble watch. Your pebble watch, right. <laughs> but I need another, I need another million. You going to crowdfund for that, or are you going to venture capitalists? Well, the venture capitalists, if you're losing money on a million, will touch you. But let's, and let's they're also, it and they're also not going to touch you if you have 2,500 shareholders that you got to do something with. Flip it though. I mean, say that you get the million, and you manage to build it and work with it and drive five million in revenue, and it's profitable five million, limited, small amount but you're figuring it out. And the other thing that you figured out is I really need a serious investment round. I not I don't need a million, I need 10. That uh, yeah, you're man. not you're not going to get that uh through this not through crowdfunding. Let me process. ask you a question though. And this whole uh Facebook IPO that re recently unfolded only demonstrated that the average investor unless they really have a ringer, you know, on their side is going to be challenged in making any kind of money in those types of situations. Does this offer for the average investor an opportunity to feather the nest in some ways? And if so, um, what are what, what do you are mean by feather the nest? Well, in other words, you can't make a big enough investment. You can't. Okay, uh, so you're limited. Uh, even if you have income and net worth greater than a hundred thousand. Uh, there's a limitation there as well. Got it's, it. it's, uh, I think it's 10%, uh, and then limited by 20,000. So you, you can't, uh, uh, unless you do a series of them with different companies, uh, and you happen to hit them all, uh, I don't think you can, uh, expect to retire on a crowdfunding investment. Are crowdfunding investments analogous to penny stocks? No. No? Well, crowdfunding, again, it gets back to the expectation of um, that you're going to make something on this. A, a penny stock is you're buying and selling something on this on a secondary market. Crowdfunding, you're dealing directly with that company. Okay. And, you know, to Tommy's point, which is it's, Penny it's stocks never started that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a great line uh, – a buddy of mine said, you know, the, the GM model is if you want 20% market share, start with 80. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I, analogous I, to penny stocks. That's huh? analogous to penny yeah. stocks. All right. But Tommy brought up an interesting point with the Facebook thing. Facebook's um, IPO, can't you argue that it was perfectly priced? It's perfectly priced. The, the business got as much possible money as it, as it could have for its IPO. What happens on the secondary market is the secondary market. If you don't have, you know, five to ten years to invest, you shouldn't be investing in individual stocks. You're, you know, you're just dumb if, if that's what you've Spoken done. like a true issuer. 
So I'm, I'm not an issue. I'm a nobody. <laughs> oh, freaking internet radio station. What am I? But, you know, if the goal is to get as much money for the business during the IPO, for the business to make leaps and bounds, because it's a capital uh, investment, it's a capital um, uh, creation They exercise. did good, then. They did great. They did it perfectly. It opened at 38, and it closed at just above 38. Great. It, I mean, isn't that the goal? And now it's down to, you know, 30 bucks or something like that. I don't know what it is now. But it's not supposed to be you buy something and it shoots the lights out and you sell it five days later and double your money. Mm -hmm. That's not how the stock market and investing works. I mean, anyone who looks at this thing, it was very it was very obvious out there. It was selling for like 120 times earnings. Well, that means that it's going to take you 10.2 years to, 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 to make your money. Yep. So what are you nervous about? You know, like if that's what your stock investment was, then that's what you deserve. But what, why is everyone getting all bent out of shape? I think they did it perfectly as yeah, far as I can't uh, argue with you, idea. Brian. Uh, what uh, what people will argue, however, is that investors were sort of sucked in because of the successes and sure. the jumps, sure. the jumps in prices of other tech Internet uh, mm. IPOs. Okay. And and they thought, oh, boy, this this is the biggest, this is the big mama of yeah. them all. Uh, yeah. And we're going to hit it the same way. But, uh, you know, if you look at a lot of IPOs, they end up just as Brian said. Uh, so you try to get as much as you can as the, as the issuer. Uh, a quick do or don't for the entrepreneurs in the direction that, that Ken pointed us in here. Yes to this. If Ken's starting a new company, does he look for crowdfunding or and take take that approach? Too soon to tell, Tom. Got to wait till we see whether it's a lump of coal or a diamond. Got it. Uh, so it goes back to that f whole frontier concept that we are really in the beginning stages. Yes. Uh, it was a good first step. Uh, I think it's exciting. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, we talked at the break about the politics of this and whether or not the election will have an impact on what the SEC's regulations look like. Yeah. Uh, because they will come out after the election. Uh, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me to see people in Washington going down parallel paths with respect to what the regulations look like. Uh, one from column A and one from column B, or one from the red states and one from the blue states. <laughs> uh, <you know>. uh, <laughs> Uh, I couldn't help but think, uh, you know, that Obama's initial approach four years ago, it was an awful lot like crowdfunding. I mean, oh, you mean the, the, the TARP? I, the way he generated No, no, the way he generated yeah, contributions. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, and he's still, he's right back at it. I mean, he's beating the bush and he's bringing home a lot of dollar and it's $15 here and $100 there. I mean... Yeah. Significant uh, amount. He did a superb job of using the social media to promote his campaign. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and I think all the all politicians need to have learned from that. And if they shame on them, if they haven't. Uh, you know what? Can you come back next week and we'll talk about PACs and super PACs and how you can raise a bunch of money, run for office, and then just live off that money for the rest well, of your life. Well, you just call it a crowdfunding investment. I there love you this are. idea. <laughs> there you are. Let's do a it. contribution. This is, I mean. Can we make the I'd, on the horn party? <laughs> it doesn't matter what your beliefs are, as long as you want to make money. <laughs> mm. 
Well, Bob, unbelievable insight into this. So, I mean, we're, I know we're rounding, uh, we're rounding the corner here. Rounding the corner here. And take, take a few moments for an ad. Tell us why Bob Metzler and, uh, all right. and Shay are are the Uh, one. It, it's interesting. Uh, Tommy introduced me as being part of the, business and finance department at Cone Birnbaum, because that's what I told you to say. Uh, <laughs> but we are a very, very small I firm. well. <laughs> yeah. We're a very, very small firm. We have 10 lawyers. Uh, but I come from a background of having practiced law in 75-person firms, 150-person firms, and over the years, practicing nothing but corporate and regulatory law have... Uh, you know, developed uh, 35 years worth of experience that people, uh, that clients can now get for the price of Bob Metzler. Mm. Uh, I don't have to charge and cover the overhead for a 150-person firm anymore. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I'm hoping to distinguish myself uh, from other small practice lawyers who uh, offer themselves out to entrepreneurs and starting businesses, uh, I can be very flexible. And I'll, I'll close with one comment. Your best advertisements are often your clients. I'm a client of Bob's. I've got a few advisors that I really rely on, and Bob is in that group. Thank you, Ken. You're welcome, sir. We're going to get you back come December. At the very latest. Yeah, I want to find out when these regs come down. Would you like to come back? I would love to come back. Okay, we really want to explore this because I I feel like we just kind of scratched the surface on it. If we get some semblance of a diamond on this, the Katie bar the door, there's going to be all kinds of opportunities here. Katie bar the door? I like that. I love Brian's phrases. Brian's just looking at me like I'm an alien here. Brian's going to become a funding portal. Brian's chomping for on the horn funding, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, you've been tuning in to Open for Business. Again, our guest this evening is Mr. Bob Metzler, a principal and member of the business and finance department, which is mostly him. Uh, uh, There are a couple of us. A couple of you. uh, At the law firm, the Hartford law firm of Cohen, Birnbaum, and Shea. Bob, thanks for being here. Thank Thank you, Robert. We'll see you next week, folks. Ken, great job. Brian, thank you so much.